Hello there. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Dean Kulawiri here. Thanks so much for tuning in. I have an extra special episode of my weekly live stream today. So today we're going to do things a bit different. If, different if you've been following me for a while. I'm not going to be covering a job search or recruitment topic. Instead, I have a very, very special guest with me, Imad Bariali, who's a previous guest on my live stream as well. And this will be a live recording of episode three of my podcast, the 360 podcast, where I invite uh, people in the tech industry, business, uh, human resources, recruitment, all that stuff. Amazing guests. So um, again, today will be Imal Bariali, who will be speaking about this somewhat controversial topic, how ChatGPT will revolutionize business analysis. Uh, now, I've been hearing about ChatGPT, uh, obviously, all over social media. You know, I'm active on, on LinkedIn, Twitter, and, and YouTube, and all these other um, uh, social media channels. And I've been hearing about it a lot. So, you know, just to give you folks a heads up, this is not just for, for uh, you know, you folks out there that are interested in this, but also for myself as well, because I definitely want to be learning more about this. I'm always interested in in what new tools and, and trends are happening in the tech industry. So uh, being, being a tech recruiter, always, always interested in that stuff. So uh, very excited about today's episode. Uh, now, just to give you a heads up, uh, if, if you've been following me for a while and, and if you want to follow me for my recruitment and job search related content, uh, definitely check out my social media channels. It's on my, all my, uh, my channels are on my Linktree page, which is down here below. So uh, after the stream, feel free to visit linktr.ee4 slash dktechrecruiter, linktr.ee4 slash dktechrecruiter for all my social links. If you want, again, if you want to follow me for my job search and recruitment related content, all right? And if you're tuning in, if you're an IT professional based out of Canada, or if you're an organization looking to recruit tech talent anywhere in Canada and you require assistance with that, certainly feel free to reach out to me for, for more information on how I can personally uh, help you out. All right. Now, with that being said, uh, I definitely want this to be a very interactive session. I'm going to bring him all out shortly. Uh, so make sure you're introducing yourself. Say hello to us in the comments. And also <clears throat> make sure you start posting any of your questions in relation to chat gpt and business analysis so again i just want to emphasize imal will be speaking about chat gpt from a business analysis standpoint and context right so just keep that in mind so any questions you have you want to introduce yourself feel free to start dropping those comments and questions in the comments all right so uh, with that being said let me bring out imal right now imal how's it going my friend thanks so much for tuning in and really excited for this conversation I'm doing very well, Dean. Thanks for having me on. Good to see you again. Awesome, awesome, and, and uh, folks, for those of you don't know who don't know, Imal is currently uh, experiencing some great weather out there in Argentina. Is that right? <laughs> That's exactly right. I'm in beautiful Buenos Aires, and I'll tell you that this city really lives up to its name because the air here is spectacular. So, yeah, doubled up on my summers. Awesome, awesome. No, happy to hear that. Uh, happy to hear that, Imal. So, Imal, um, again, like I was telling telling the people tuning in, um, you know, I've been hearing so much about ChatGPT, like all over social media, and uh, I started seeing you post a lot about ChatGPT yourself, which is, uh, and and you know, I literally put a reminder on my phone, contact Imal like tomorrow or something to to get him on the on the podcast, and you messaged me before that, so I'm so glad you did. Uh, yeah. So, Imal, you know, getting right into it, what just at a high level, like what is ChatGPT? Okay, so they call it a, um, I think they call it a large language uh, model, essentially. So you can just think of it as a chatbot that is incredibly smart. Uh, you probably know a little bit about artificial intelligence. People have been talking about it for well over a decade now. And up until recently, relatively recently, 
a lot of the promise that artificial intelligence has had, I think has been very underwhelming. And this is the first time. Uh, and so my expectations of what artificial intelligence is going to be able to do for me as a business analyst and for the rest of my life as I mean, my expectations were quite low now because I've seen so many things that have claimed to be intelligent, uh, but they've fallen far short of my expectations. And so when I went into working with ChatGPT for the first time, I, it just completely blew me away. And I realized, I mean, it took me a few days to realize, I mean, it's so big and it's so complex and it's so new that it took me a couple of days for me to, for it to actually really sink in it. And I quite frankly, don't think it really has fully sunk in yet. But I'm at the stage where I've learned a couple of lessons and I'm and I'm happy to share that stuff with you. But it's essentially you think of it as a very smart chatbot and um, you can basically ask it whatever you want and it'll go and do some crunching for you and come back with a response. Essentially, that's that's the way most people should think about it. Yeah, that, I mean, that's awesome. And, I, and I've seen some really, really amazing uh, things on social again on social media that, that chat GPT, you know, in terms of people asking it certain things. Uh, now, uh, uh, so just a heads up to everyone, we will be going over, uh, so Imal, you workshopped four scenarios. We're going to be going over that. And also you're going to be sharing your short-term as well as long, uh, medium to long-term predictions. Uh, but right before that, again, just at a very high level, uh, Imal, for those watching, uh, you know, who are business analysts, I mean, why should BAs specifically care about ChatGPT? I'll give you a short answer and a, a bit of a longer one. Short answer is, is that if you don't, you can't afford not to care about it. So based on what I've seen right now, it has the ability to so significantly increase your output that um, I think that analysts shouldn't ignore this thing, right? There's a lot of hype in our industry and the idea, you know, as well as anybody else, Dean, being an IT recruiter and being in the IT space, that there's so much hype in the IT industry that sometimes it's... Yeah. Hard to be able to tell what's just marketing hype that's designed to sell some somebody's product versus what's real. And I've become very um, well tuned to, to making those types of distinctions like over the last 15 to 20 years of my career. And um, I'll tell you that this isn't hype. Uh, I think that business analysts who are choosing to ignore this are um, are doing themselves a major disservice. So, I mean, that's the, really the best way I can describe it. And we'll, I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about specific use cases for business analysts in, uh, a little bit later on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what, from, um, uh, you know, when I started, and it's a great point you made because when I started hearing about ChatGPT, and not just ChatGPT, but pretty much any tool or, or whatever it is that's coming out in tech, I'm usually initially pretty skeptical. I guess it's yeah. just kind of a, you yeah. know, temporary buzz or anything like that. So, so I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. So with that being said, now, Imal, you, you mentioned that you workshopped four scenarios. And now, um, uh, number one was gaining domain knowledge quickly. Second was writing user stories. Third was writing uh, SQL queries. And uh, fourth was building current state process maps. So starting with the first one, Imal, like, what did you find like in terms of gaining domain knowledge quickly? Okay, so let me explain to you the scenario of what domain knowledge is usually useful for. So as an analyst, typically, you have your business analysis skills. But on top of that, for you to be able to do your job, you need to understand something about the business and you have to have some idea of how the systems kind of support that business. And so that business knowledge in the BA terms is usually referred to as domain knowledge. Mm -hmm. And as a um, 
I'm kind of a generalist business analyst who moves basically from client to client and I can enter in many different domains. So I'll work in education, then I'll go to mutual funds, then I'll go to insurance industry, right? I'm constantly moving from one business domain to another as part of my the client work that I do. And so when it comes to gaining domain knowledge, one of the most difficult things for a lot of analysts to do is to figure out what, I mean, what exactly is this business all about, mm -hmm. right? And for you, without that knowledge, it's nearly impossible for an analyst to be able to provide any real kind of value for, for the folks that they work for. So, for example, the, um, the workshop that we did to test ChatGPT for domain knowledge, we started off with the insurance industry. And I started just asking it some very general questions. I said, explain to me what, what the insurance industry is. And it just went cr crunched away and it came back very neatly organized, well-written description, very broad of what the insurance industry is. Then I said, explain to me the insurance business model. And again, it started to crunch through and, and it started to explain to me in a very, very clear and concise way what the business model of an insurance company looks like. And this is, again, this is very general information, but we're starting to now in our subsequent workshops, we're going to start to drive this down to the level of operational detail that business analysts really need to know to be able to understand what their clients do or what their customers do on a day-to-day -day basis. That's essentially domain knowledge. Okay. And in that first video that um, in the first workshop that we ran, I, I was totally astounded, right? And its ability to so quickly summarize things for, that would take me hours, sometimes days to research on my own. And I first, that's the first time it started to kind of sink in that of how I would actually use this in my own consulting, be a consulting practice, right? When I enter into a new industry, oftentimes my clients have to go through a bit of a ramp up to kind of just teach me what their business is all about. A lot of that stuff is now going to be greatly accelerated. So that's really like the first use case I wanted to put it to it because I'm trying to kind of solve my own problems as a, as a VA consultant. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, the, the from what you're saying, the amount of time that can be saved, I mean, it, it, it must be pretty, I mean, that's quite significant, right? I mean, huge, huge. And in talking about it is so, I mean, we can talk about this all day long. And I, and I still have the feeling that us talking about this isn't really going to show folks what it can do, right? Because I can describe it. I can tell you, hey, I just saved eight hours of work. It yeah. does. I don't think it sinks in. The, the way that it sunk in my mind is that I had a live session inside of our community with some of our members joined in, and I had no expectations. My expect, expectations were very low, right? My brother first told me, my brother Rob told me about ChatGPT, and I just shelved it. And I said, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's probably some other trend, just like maybe you were thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Until I eventually got to it, and when I got to it and I started to play with it, I started to realize, no, wait, this might be different. And when we ran that first workshop, it sunk in. And like you could see, like if you watch that if you watch that video, you see in real time about how I'm coming to realizations of what this thing is. And again, I'm telling you, I still don't feel like I truly understand its capabilities. But the the hours it saved me so far, I'm I'm completely completely convinced that this is like a must-have tool for business analysts. From just that one use case, we can talk about the other three. But uh, just from that one use case, I already knew that it was something that that folks would have to start using. Amazing. And uh, so the second use case was, uh, sorry, the second scenario was writing user stories. Yes. And as blown away as I was from the first workshop, the second one, 
took it even further. And I'll tell you about the third one. The third one is the one that where I have to take a couple of days off. I, I said, you know what? I gotta, I gotta go sleep because I can't believe it just did what it did. And we'll talk about that third one. But the second one was user, writing user stories. So I basically went to it and I just said, hey, and it, with the intent of trying to offload as much of I would, you know, the grunt work or the heavy lifting that I typically do as an analyst, I tried to offload all of that stuff onto ChatGPT and I was very happy with the results because I basically went to it and I said, hey, look, I have this client in this business domain. I didn't really explain too much more about it. I said, I have this client in this business domain. We're building a piece of software that's supposed to do this. Can you please just write me a user story? And sure enough, it said, yeah, not a problem. And it produced an outline of a user story. It wasn't, it was missing some of the components that I would expect to see in a user story. But what it gave to me, I thought this just, it would probably would have taken me about 20 minutes to write this. So now I got this in 20 seconds. So at least now I have a straw man. I have a rough draft that I can start to refine on my own before I take it to my clients. And again, just shaved, saved me a good 20 minutes of writing for myself. And then I started to really to take that and start to think about what I should do with this user story um, to, to make it better. And so I started formulating some extra questions. And I said, you know what? I'm missing the acceptance criteria. What kind of acceptance criteria would you put in here? And again, started listing off things. And this isn't what I was most shocked by is that it wasn't just generic info. It was actually the type of thing I would write up as a first draft to show to my clients. And it was so close to what I would be producing as a business analyst that that's what really kind of made it sink in because anybody can say, yeah, generically speaking, you can do X, Y, and Z, and it's usually too high of a level. This wasn't that. This was the level of detail that I would write. Then I would take it through with my clients and my customers and then eventually hand it off to uh, a developer or wh whoever else is this, this stakeholder for these things. So the level of detail there was 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 a bit shocking for me. I mean, that's that that that's, that just sounds. I mean, that yeah. sounds bizarre and crazy. Like that's that is, man, that's something else. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, yeah. just a quick head. Now, I did notice in the comments we have some questions coming through, but just to give everyone a heads up, I'm first gonna run through the questions that I have with them all, and I'm gonna get to everyone's questions uh, close uh, after we're when we're at the Q and A por portion of the uh, the stream. So yeah. uh, continue putting your questions in the comments, and we'll get to your questions shortly. Uh, we have a uh, Abdul Rahman Rahman does ask, can we have a recording? So Abdul Rahman, this will be the, the replay will be available immediately right here on LinkedIn as well as YouTube as well as Twitter as well. So uh, yes, you can watch the replay if you folks can't stick around uh, for the entire conversation. The replay will be available immediately. Uh, so that and um, now the next the next uh, uh, scenario Imal was writing SQL queries, right? Yeah, this is the one with that. It just kind of it blew my mind, Dean. I, I got to tell you, and, and I'll describe for the folks that know SQL, I'll describe exactly what it did. But this is the one that after uh, it did, and we recorded it. I mean, we have the recording of it inside of our community. But after I saw it did what it did, like I said, I had to take a couple of days. I said, I need like my conscious brain is not going to be able to figure this out. I need like the stronger part of my brain to get some rest and figure it out for me and tell me the answer the next day because it was it was that big of a shift in in my understanding of what ai could do right and so it took a while for that to sink in and so it took a couple of days for me to come back and start doing some more stuff with it but yeah this third workshop um of it producing sql uh was 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 really the 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 heavy hitter for me 
Amazing. And, and then the fourth one was building current state process maps, right? That's right. That's right. And just to be clear on that fourth one, the fourth one, um, it doesn't actually produce visuals for you. So I had basically Microsoft Visio up on one side of the screen and I had chat GPT up on the other side of the screen. And I tried to get it to actually give me the content. And then in our workshop, we I basically showed our members how you would take that material, throw it onto a Visio uh, sheet essentially, and start to build your process maps using it and uh, work quite well. It, it wasn't as overwhelming as the SQL one, but still, I mean, by that time I was, I mean, I'm totally convinced that this, I'm hoping I don't lose my chat GPT account anytime soon because I ask it a lot of questions now. So, um, so yeah, those were the four scenarios. Um, if you'd like, I can elaborate a little bit more about what we did with it when it, when it comes to SQL uh, to give the folks a, an idea of what some of its capabilities are. If you have any questions, I'd be, I'd be happy to, to answer them. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, so, and, and and before we, uh, so uh, you know, folks, you can start putting your questions in regards to what we've discussed so far. I'll, I'll definitely uh, happy to uh, pose those questions to Imal. But in the meantime, mm -hmm. I did I did want to share, like, so based on what you've told me so far, uh, Imal, especially in in regards to the first uh, scenario, gaining dom the, uh, domain knowledge quickly. Yeah. Uh, because you mentioned something pretty. Uh, uh, you know, important. Like you mentioned that you're you're a generalist BA. Would you would would you say that this like Chat GPT would mostly benefit generalist BAs, or or is this something that even the specialists should pay attention to? Specialists should definitely also pay attention to this because I've been having some side conversations with some folks um, who are testing it for other reasons. So there's a sales for a Salesforce administrator that I've been speaking to, and he's done quite a bit of exploration work when it comes to using it for Salesforce and he's found certain things and he has some observations that he's shared. So hmm. Salesforce experts, Workday experts. Um, I, I mean, I, I can't, I haven't tested it enough to figure out what all of its limits are. So it's hard for me yeah. to tell you who shouldn't use it right now. My general advice is, is that if you have a lot of heavy lifting that you have to do in your job and it's taking up a lot of your mental stamina and it's taking up a lot of your time, you definitely should give ChatGPT a try to see if you can offload some of that work onto it. Okay, okay, got it. Uh, so let me pull up some questions uh, questions that we have from the viewers. Uh, let's see here. So we got we got Ko who says, so shout out to Ko, thanks for tuning in. Ko says, are we all putting ChatGPT as a skill on our resumes? Like what, what's your viewpoint on that, uh, Imam? Um, I wouldn't go that far yet. And again, I'm telling you, you know, I just told you that it took me three days just to get over it, its ability. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be that, um, I wouldn't be that hasty about putting it on my resume just yet. I think what you should do first is learn how to master it to help augment a lot of, uh, a lot of what you're doing today and understand it because I think we're for professionals who do the kind of experiments that I'm doing we're really kind of on the forefront of figuring out how to apply this to specific areas, right? And so even if you put it on your resume, it's unlikely that a lot of folks are gonna understand um, what it's for. I don't think it'll hurt if you do, mm -hmm. but I, I personally won't keep it on my resume until, um, until I have a good idea that everybody has a sense of what it is that it can do for them and that they'll see the value of it, right? But in the meantime, what I'm doing is I'm putting, I'm just going full blast with experiments on, on a lot of other ways because my goal here right now, and before I start advertising this as, a, as an actual skill, 
my goal is to try to figure out what my relationship with this, I'm, I, I kind of think of it as an advisor, right? What's my new relationship with this little advisor that I have constantly sitting right here beside me? Anytime I feel like I got to go to Google to do some research or I got to dig into my notes to do some research or I got to think very hard about a complex problems. I just now feel like I have somebody sitting here beside me. I just ask them and see what yep. kind of response they give. And that's my goal right now. And maybe I think it's probably worthwhile for us to talk a, a little bit about some of the pitfalls uh, at the end, too, because it's a great tool, but it can it can be a little bit misleading in how good it is as well. So I'll, I'll throw some tips uh, at the end around around making sure that you're not over relying on it. So just trying to understand what that relationship is part number one. But uh, for me, before I put it on my resume as a, as a consultant, but um, I would I don't see it hurting anybody um, for the folks that are really, you know, they love those, uh, they love the buzzwords on their resume. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure it'll hurt if you, if you do put it on, but I, I'll be, I'll be holding off for, for a while until I have a, a much better understanding of how it's going to help me. Okay. Makes sense. I mean, get, get a stronger understanding of it, understand it well, use it, play around with it before actually putting it on your resume. Yeah. I, I would, I would say I, I from a recruitment standpoint, I'd probably agree with that as well. Uh, we got a comment here from Inez. So thank you, Inez, for your comment. Inez says it means that we can rely on the draft user story, but at the end we have to do some tweaks on it to make it for the purpose. Uh, now going from that, and I think that's a great comment because I was kind of wondering the same thing, uh, Imal. When you're using ChatGPT, is there a certain way you got to be wording things, or like how 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 does this whole thing work? Like uh, from that. Yeah. Standpoint? So I'll describe to you what it can and cannot do for you, right? And at the end of this, I'm hoping. I just want to address the fear that some people have that this is going to completely replace their jobs before I describe that to you, Dean, because what I'm about to describe to you should be a very clear reason for you to understand why your job is not going away anywhere, right? I think it's a natural fear for a lot of folks to think, okay, well, there's a robot that's writing user stories, so all right, I got, I got to go find a different job now, right? That's not what's happening here, because as an analyst, what your role really is, is to uh, ask Figure out how to establish your line of questioning, which is very important for how you use ChatGPT. Figure out how you're going to frame your questions well, because if you don't ask the right question, it won't give you the right response, right? And so you have to now become very well-versed in how you frame your questions and how one question that you're going to ask is going to lead to another question so that you can get it to the depth that you need in the right subject matter, right? That's the real challenge of an analyst now. It, that's always been a skill set that analysts need to have because you have to do that with your customers and your clients, right? right. But that's one of the skills that you're going to have to now refine a lot more and you're going to have to lean on that skill way more because a lot of the, the heavy lifting, again, of doing the research and trying to figure stuff out is now being done for you. It's your job now to try to figure out how do I frame my question right to get the right response. So that's one thing that you have to learn how to do. That's what I've learned so far. The second thing that you have to do is that once it has given you a response, you have to evaluate that response before you incorporate it into anything. Because the, the way that it works right now is that it will spit out a fairly good response, but it's not the type of response that you can just cut and paste and send to your customers, right? Because if you right. do that, you're, you'll start to lose a little bit of credibility because there will be things in there that your customers are, it, it won't be relevant at all, or they might be slightly off based on some of the nuances of your specific organization. 
So it's not like uh, it's not like it's going to completely replace your job. It's just going to change the nature of your relationship with the tools that you have right now, because this is another massive tool that's now going to do a lot of the heavy lifting for you. So figure out how to frame your questions is the first skill you need to get to learn really well and then learn how to evaluate its responses. And if it doesn't give you the full response, you have to know how to reframe your question. Right. So I'll give you a perfect example. One of the things that I did in our domain, um, in our domain session, in our domain workshop is that I said, can you explain to me what the insurance business model is, right? And I asked it that question, having worked in insurance, I already understand that domain quite well, right? Yeah. Give me a very good response. And as a newcomer to, the, to, the, to that domain, it would have really opened up my eyes about what this thing is about. But I knew things about the insurance business that wasn't in there, right? So it didn't give me a complete list. And so what I did was I simply just asked it, is there anything else? And it said, oh, yeah, of course there is. And it just started to spit out a bunch of other things. Yeah. And, the, and the piece that it was missing is that most insurance companies, right, you understand how they function. They, they sell policies, they collect premiums, and they uh, use those premiums for paying claims. But, you know, a lot of other things, the investment management side is um, is usually a, a big part of the business model of an insurance company it was completely missing from its original answer so i just said what, what else is there and sure enough it came as the third bullet point on its second response right now if i didn't know to ask it what else i, I could just automatically assume that this is you know some magical being and it's going to give me all the answers right away <laughs> it's not like that it's not like that so you have to really become a little bit more astute in your in in the way that you do your actual discovery work with this thing right because as part of your discovery process as an analyst you need to be looking in the right corners to figure out where the issues are where where the value is and if you're not looking in some corners you're going to miss things and that's not going to change with with chat gpt right if you don't ask it about something it'll make some assumptions but it may be making the wrong assumptions in the way that it answers your questions it's your job now to make sure that you're asking things in a complete way. So that's one observation. What's one potential pitfall that you can fall into if you are over relying on it? Right. OK. And and from what you're saying, Imad, what, what you're basically saying, I mean, it sounds to me like this, uh, you know, chat GPT, first of all, what you're saying is it's not something that BA should be worried about taking away from their jobs or, or uh, eliminating their role. Obviously, from what you're saying, like you have to be a good BA in order to even use this uh, tool effectively. That's right. Uh, because, That's because right. Otherwise, I, it sounds like the whole garbage in ga garbage out principle comes into play here. Right. That's uh, right. And and earlier when you talked about when you talked about the short term versus long term predictions, that's one of my short term predictions. Right. Short term meaning in the next your job is not going away in the next year or in the next two years. Your job is not going to go away. It doesn't matter what kind of an analyst you are. Right. So, no, your job isn't going to disappear. And I don't think you should have that fear. But in the long run, I think that there is going to be a huge divide between analysts who choose to adopt this and analysts who don't, right? And there's a bit, somewhat of a divide right now between those two different groups of analysts. So you have, usually there's a group of analysts in any market that are in incredibly high demand and all the work is going to them, right? And then you have a team of other analysts who are usually, uh, they perform at an average level. They're not really that well-versed about how the job market works. And you know they're kind of just doing their jobs and they're happy and everybody's content. I, I, in the long run, I see the divide between these two groups growing exponentially. And I think that for the folks who choose to adopt this tool now, you can kind of hop into the second group and be really kind of 
separate yourself as a professional uh, with a tool like this. Because again, if you're capable of outputting the same quality of work or better quality work in half the time, you're going to be valued way more on the market than um, somebody who's do is operating at an average level, right? And so my prediction in the long run, and again, it's a bit of a tentative prediction. I don't like making these kinds of predictions often, but this, in my mind, from my exploration so far, is so significantly different than what I've seen in the past that I'm a little bit more comfortable making a prediction like that. I think five years out, I think that you'll see the difference five years out. You won't see it one or two years out, but I think five years is enough time for um, folks to learn how to adapt to this. And more importantly, for employers to see the difference in value between people who use these types of tools and don't. I think five, maybe even seven years is probably enough time for um, it's like a bit of a delayed response that they have, right? They don't catch on to it right away, but in five years, they'll start to be able to tell that, hey, look, this analyst that we hired for last year's contract, he produced a massive amount, but this new analyst isn't really performing to that same level. And then the answer will come to them, you know what, this person is probably using a massive amount of AI tools to be able to perform at that level, right? It's like kind of like the steroids of the business analyst industry, <laughs> yeah. but this person's probably doing a lot of that type of stuff, right? That uh, that is helping them perform at such a higher level. So I think five to seven years out, will I'm 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 fairly confident that we're going to see a difference between uh, between the two classes of analysts. So that's my long term prediction, just to throw it out there. Yeah, I, I I I think that makes perfect sense because again, from what you're you're telling me about ChatGPT, it's something that's helping to enable and uh, and allow BAs to do their jobs more effectively. Yeah. And I mean, time time sounds to be a huge factor. You're you're taking a huge chunk of time away from things that might have took way longer for for you know a BA to accomplish. So obviously, the one that's that's making use of these types of AI tools is able to cover more ground. Uh, and resulting more production for the company as well. So, I, I mean, that makes total sense. That's so right. in terms of the short-term predictions, Imal, if you can just dive a little deeper into that. Yeah. Uh, now, you mentioned BAs will not lose their jobs. We kind of covered that. Uh, and you mentioned that the BA, uh, you also mentioned BA jobs will not change that much. In the uh, short run. Yeah. In the short run. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. In the short run. So uh, here's what I think is going to happen because I look at this and, I mean, I have enough experience in enterprise to understand how, what pace most companies move at in order to adopt new technology, right? And it's, I mean, that most large organizations aren't um, as agile as, as a lot of people might think. And a, quite often it takes, I mean, it can take you six months just to build a business case to buy a tool, right? Mm. I mean, I've worked on business cases that have taken me four months just to figure out if we can do a justification for that. So the pace of adoption in most industries is gonna be relatively slow. And most most employers probably won't see the value of this um, for for their analysts right away. And so, in the short run, I don't think your job is going to change too much, but it will change when employers start to see the difference in output over the longer run. I think. Ah, interesting. Okay, okay, yeah. I, I, and, and yeah. that makes complete sense. And you also mentioned as a short-term uh, uh, prediction, email, early adopters will be able to gain a foothold to propel themselves forward. So I just, I guess this kind of connects with what you yeah. just said, right? I mean, it gives yeah, yeah, absolutely, standard. absolutely. And that's why I encourage everybody, right? I mean, when the very first workshop that I did, halfway through the workshop, I put the chat GPT URL in our member chat. And I said, if you don't have an account, you need one today. I'll wait. I'll wait here live while you go and sign up for this because 
it's that important. So I've been trying to encourage everybody. I'm kind of glad my brother Rob <laughs> brought it up to me because I was I was turning a blind eye to it, right? Up until up until somebody actually put that URL in my face and said, "Hey, take a look at this," right? Yeah. And I'm trying to do the same thing for for a lot of other folks because I I'm a total convert now. I see I see the value of it. So um, if you in the short run, I think that for a lot of folks, a lot of business analysts out there, I think this is your opportunity to get a really good foothold on figuring out how to use the tool, how to incorporate it, how to adopt it. I'm learning as I go right now because I have a real vested interest, right? As a consultant, the, you, you probably know as well as anybody being an IT recruiter, Dean, that the, um, the consulting world is a lot more cutthroat than the permanent role world, right? Yeah. As a consultant, it is nearly impossible to survive because you're constantly getting tested on the value that you're producing. And so I have a real vested interest in figuring out how to incorporate this because I want to be part of the group of consultants who not only survives but thrives in that industry. And so for anybody else who, even if you're not a consultant, I think that you still want to do whatever you can to operate at your peak. And I think this is your opportunity to get that foothold so that by the time everybody else catches up to what this thing is, you're not just wrapping your head around it and going through what I'm going through now, right? Mm -hmm. Having to sleep three, four days just to figure out what the heck this thing is. You don't want to be going through that in a year. You want to be going through that right now so that by the time everybody else catches up and they realize that, yeah, we're willing to fund something, a tool like this to help our analysts, there it, it, you are already like at the top of the list in in terms of uh people who know how to leverage things like this so that's kind of the guidance that i'm giving to a lot of the members that we have and and anybody else that is willing to lend me their year great advice so folks you heard yeah. it you heard it right here for those of you folks who are bas you know get start start uh, getting your hands into it uh asap uh so we got a question here from tejal imal and uh, tejal uh, so shout out to tejal thanks for tuning in Tejo says, how will ChatGPT help in change management and enhancement in the project? I'm going to speculate a little bit. I haven't done any deep dives in that area yet, but I can. I think I know enough to be able to speculate. So a big chunk of like a, in, in change management, a lot of the challenges are in trying to figure out how to move the rest of the organization along with a certain change that you're deploying, right? And a lot of the tools that change managers have there at their disposal typically involves communication. So how do you communicate a change to people? When should you be communicating a change for something that's huge versus ver something that's small, right? The, 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 the change life cycle. How do people typically respond to certain changes and what kind of responses can you expect to see? Or how should you deal with a person who is, you know, being, they're digging in their heels and they're saying, absolutely not. I've been doing this job the same way for 30 years and I'm not going to allow this change to change the way I've been doing my work. Like how, how do you overcome something like that? Um, I haven't asked these types of questions, but now that it's here, I'm going to put it on the backlog of things that I'm going to ask and I'm going to explore this a little bit more, but I'm going to speculate a little bit on how it's going to respond. I think it will probably, if history is any indicator, it'll it'll give some pointed advice on how you should deal with certain types of resistance to change, for example. One of the other, um, one of the things that really kind of blew my mind about the tool in that SQL session was the fact that I realized that I could learn or I could teach it my data model before I started asking it questions to get even better queries out of it, right? So 
before I was just asking it about, you know, write me an SQL query that pulls this from a customer's table and matches it with an orders table. And then it provided me a query, but then I said, you know what? I have a table called specific table name and another table called specific table name. Rewrite the query. And now it's gotten me way closer, uh, almost to the point where I didn't even tell it the column names and it predicted the column names exactly based on whatever knowledge it had about maybe customer databases as a whole and and some um, uh, possibly some coding standards uh, on, on how you basically write code. It, it got the column names right. And I was shocked because I said, you don't have access to my database. Like, how do you know that those are the column names in my database? And so that was really like that was the actual point where I thought, what, what just happened here, right? Do you have some sort of secret access to my training database for SQL? <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> so how did you actually figure out what my column names are in my table, right? But after I thought about it for a while, it, it kind of sunk in that, you know, no, these are certain standards. It's making certain assumptions about, about what a customer database looks like. And these, those are probably some common names. But again, it, it was one of these things that did that. So the lesson I learned there is that you can actually teach it, right? So mm -hmm. applying this in a change management context, you could tell it, you know, you say, hey, this person's been here for 20 years and we're trying to deploy this new process and this is how the person is behaving. Do you have any suggestions for what I can do to kind of convince them that this is the right way of doing things? And they might say, you know, they might give you a certain suggestions. And if one of those suggestions doesn't make sense, say, no, you know what? That number three is doesn't apply to me. Can you actually give me some extra suggestions or uh, how would you do number one like in detail? And with that number one, right, let's say it suggests that you um, that you build them a better user guide. Well, can you explain to me how to do that in in detail? Like, what is a good user guide? What elements should I include in there? What should I keep out? I, I have a suspicion that in the change management world, it'll it'll give you a lot of those types of responses and that you'll be able to use it in that way. Sorry, it was a long answer to a, to a question, but <laughs> no, that was I'm great. speculating a little bit about how yeah, it's yeah. going to behave for us. Yeah. No, that was great. So Tejo, hope that helps answer your question. I see some other great questions coming through, but before we get into that, uh, Imal, and as we start wrapping up uh, my questions, uh, folks folks watching, start putting your questions for Imal in the comments as well. We're going to get into your questions. Uh, but Imal, I mean, what's your advice to BAs who want to get started with ChatGPT? Like how, how, did, how for the people who want to, you know, really start uh, playing around with it? Well, I'm going to do you the favor that my brother did for me, and I'm just going to I'm going to put the link for ChatGPT right in the chat here in the okay, in the window, and um, I'm going to step number one is that you have to get yourself an account. And I see one of the questions there is 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 it free to use right now? It is. I I read an article I think it was last week or the week before, where the CEO of the company talked about the cost of actually running this for free. So. It may not be free in the future, but I'm already convinced. I mean, you know, if they charge me for it. If it's going to cut my work time down in half, I'd be happy to pay for, for the tool. So it's free right now. You can get it at that link. I'm not associated with ChatGPT in any way. So this isn't, <laughs> I'm not advertising for them or anything like that. But my brother sent it to me. And to me, that was a huge favor. And now I'm just passing that favor on to you guys. Get that account. I'm not sure if it's available in other languages, uh, but get your account and start using it in, in some of the ways that we've been talking about so far and start to kind of get your head around what it can do for you. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So, uh, so folks, Imal did share the link in the comments and I, I also put it on the screen here in case for those of you uh, watching the replay, 
so it's chat.openai.com forward slash chat. So uh, you can go go ahead and uh, and uh, you know start uh, getting an account and start playing around with it. Uh, so we got a question here. So we got Money Mitch on YouTube who's asking, can ChatGPT help with updating an FDS? An FDS is that is that a functional document? I'm not yeah. sure what FDS yeah, is. Yeah, Money Mitch. Maybe if you want to, uh, Money Mitch, if you're still watching, uh, maybe if you can clarify uh, what that abbreviation is that you're referring to, uh, and Imal can uh, provide his response. Uh, so I'll move on to Deb. So we got Deb Derringer. So uh, thanks, Deb, for tuning in. Uh, Deb's asking, uh, isn't the future cost a big unknown at this point? Is the future cost? Yeah, that's right. The future cost is a big unknown. And so um, the way that I would... I would say, okay, so let's let's think about it. Future cost for who? My the way I envision this is that if it becomes a tool, companies will pay for it. And my experience in helping companies do, you know, business cases, cost justifications is, is that if you can justify the cost, the company oftentimes has zero reservations about spending the money, right? If you, if I go to my manager, and I've done this with computer monitors before, right? When I was a permanent employee many many years ago. I went to my manager and said, look, I only have one monitor. If you if you can just buy me an extra monitor, I can guarantee you that I'm going to have more energy, more stamina, because I don't have to keep on switching documents. Very quick business case, right? Manager's like, yeah, absolutely, not a problem. And I got myself an extra, that, small example, right? That their attitude towards spending money is, is that they if they see the value, if the value is clear, there's no hesitation to spend money. So, and I expect a lot of companies to be, the ones that are funding the tools. Um, and maybe we can talk about that in a future live session, but I expect there to be an ecosystem of tools available that use ChatGPT as an engine in the future, right? So you don't have to use it directly necessarily, uh, possibly in the future, but the, you, but how, you know, all that aside, I think it's gonna be your employer that has to pay for it. Now, again, speaking from a consultant's point of view, if I can, if I can double my output, Okay, let's just say I can increase my input output by 25%. I mean, my rates are not low. And if I can double my output, I can increase my rates with my clients. And that increase is going to more than pay for itself. And what does that do? It pays for uh, it pays for itself. And it helps me kind of elevate my, um, my myself to a place where I'm where I'm doing much better, right? So that's how I look at the cost of everything, right? If you're going to spend the money, is it going to give you the value? If you're not clear about the value, you don't think it's going to give you the money, then maybe it's not available to you yet. But Deb, just going back to your point there, isn't the future cost a big unknown? It is, and it will become uh, it will become a known eventually. That doesn't mean, that shouldn't stop you right now from understanding what this is. I think this is an opportunity. The fact that it's free right now is an opportunity for you to at least get a glimpse. If it becomes paid later on, fine, you, you didn't really lose anything in the short run, right? At least you got an opportunity to figure out what this thing is and it kind of sunk in a little bit. So don't let that stop you. Awesome. So Deb, hope that helps. And thanks for your question. Uh, and uh, well, it looks like Deb gave us an update. Chat GPT is at capacity right now. So Oh my goodness. <laughs> and then uh, Lauren, Lauren, <laughs> Lauren Cooper, Dean, uh, we broke it. <laughs> Dean, your show's gotten so popular <laughs> that now you're you're breaking down uh, billion-dollar companies' websites now. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like it's at capacity right now. Uh, Tejo says, "Wow, interesting." Uh, Deb says, "Makes sense." Thanks. 
Yeah. Uh, Andrew Wilson says, I got the same at, cap at capacity message. I got that a few weeks back as well. So I guess, you know, okay. it, it is very popular. <laughs> I think a lot of people are checking yeah. it out. Uh, we got Kola Wole who says, does ChatGPT have capabilities for modeling? Not graphical modeling. So I've done everything that I possibly can to get it to produce images for me. And it does, I mean, it just doesn't, it's a chat window and it doesn't generate any images. Um, there are some AI tools that do jet that are specifically for images. And I've tried to use them to help me build uh, entity models and to do some of my state machine modeling, but they're meant for art. So they're not really geared towards doing modeling. I think that once, once they train machines to be able to actually uh, on the right data, like let's say on the type of stuff that we're working on, I think the graphical versions of these tools will be able to do that. I'm just speculating again, but right now ChatGPT doesn't do it, but I am looking forward to something that can. Got it. Yeah. So do you think, Imal, do you think that's something they might they might add in maybe in the future or, or maybe the base model, uh, sorry, not the base model, but the, you know, the base platform is going to be kind of free. And then if you want these certain additional features, they might monetize it that way. Do you think that might happen? Absolutely, Dean. You know what? You know, I'll give you a perfect use case for this, right? I've, I've been wanting to build um, a home office in my backyard back in Canada, not here in Argentina, but it, it been wanting to build a home office. And I have to do a lot of research to figure out, hey, how do you lay a foundation for this thing, right? I'm trying to do it DIY. I want to really learn about the process of like, how do you do it? I should be able to just go to something to say, hey, can you build me a blueprint, right? It doesn't even have to be a visual model for business analysts. Let's just put, park yeah. that for a second. Build me a quick little blueprint of how I should structure a building. You know what? I want it in the style of Mies van der Rohe, my favorite architect. Please show me the blueprints. That is based on what I've seen so far on, on what the tool can do. That would probably be an easy, easy job for it to do. So the capability isn't there, but it will come. So I, when I say, hey, look, I'm trying to build, we're all as an enterprise, we're trying to completely replace our HR system. And we've decided to build it from the ground up instead of buying a package, for example. Build me an entity model for uh, a complete HR system. It'll probably take it 30 seconds to figure that out. <laughs> and, you know, saves us weeks and months of work and gives us a data model and we just get a developer to help us start implementing it now. So I, I do foresee that coming. That That is, I mean, that is so fascinating. I mean, I, I um, yeah. that, that is just crazy. Awesome. Uh, we got Vincent. Vincent says, I like to use it late in the evening from Toronto before Asia wake up, wakes up and while Europe is sleeping. Very good. Oh, Sounds like a great is strategy. That for, yeah. Is that for stock trading, Vince? <laughs> <laughs> Get a get a get an edge. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Sounds good. Uh, so, Imal, I mean, before as we wrap things up, and uh, you know, uh, how can folks connect with you? Can you tell folks a bit more about what you do and how you can help people, and and how people can connect with you uh, best over social media or other means? Sure. Yeah, you can connect with me on LinkedIn here, uh, or you can go to baablocks.com. Uh, if you want, I have a bunch of links that maybe you can, if you can drop those in the chat, yeah, I'll probably make it easy for everybody, and I'll. It'll stop me from talking about myself, but I have a, if you want to find out about what I'm up to over the next couple of weeks, just, uh, you just click on one of those links and it'll take you to where I'm talking about frameworks for business analysts, which given what we know now are probably even more important for business analysts. You can rewatch some of our chat GPT stuff that, that, that I've done so that you can get a sense of it. Um, you can, if you're really interested, you can join our community when it opens up again next month and actually participate in a lot of these working sessions that we're having. So there's a million things going on. Wouldn't be able to tell I'm on sabbatical, eh? 
<laughs> yeah, it didn't sound like sabbatical to me. <laughs> well, that's, that's awesome. And, and, and uh, folks, uh, for those of you who are in, in the BA space and business analysis, definitely, definitely make sure you follow Imal and connect with him on LinkedIn because he's probably one of the most active people in this space. And I learned so much just because I recruit in, in the tech sector. So I'm always looking to learn from people in tech and, you know, business analysis is an area I recruit in. So I'm always learning a lot about, you know, things from a, from a BA standpoint uh, from him. So highly recommend you folks uh, follow him. Uh, I did drop some of those links in the comments. Uh, you know, some of it shows a little bit jumbled up. So my apologies for that folks. Uh, but uh, you should be able to see the links uh, in the comments. And again, <clears throat> Uh, you will be able to watch the replay of this entire conversation uh, immediately on YouTube, LinkedIn, and also on Twitter as well. Uh, if you got time for one more question, Imal, is that okay? We got a question from my friend uh, uh, Edward Johnson here. Absolutely. Uh, so Edward says, uh, do you think ChatGPT will be more advantageous for relatively newer BAs to learn or more for experienced BAs to augment their knowledge? Of course, while it's still free. That's a, uh, I'm a bit conflicted on that. So uh, let me explain to you my logic. So with new business analysts, I prefer that they learn things from the ground up, right? So a lot of people ask me, Dean, to give them templates, and I refuse to do it. I've refused. People have asked me for to sell them templates for years, and I just refuse. I flat out refuse because I, I always encourage analysts to learn things from the ground up. Open up a Word document and build your line of questioning from scratch, and I'll teach you how to do that. And you can figure out the templates issue later on. So that's my attitude towards people who are trying to learn the profession. That's how I try to teach them the profession. Now with this tool, I, I mean, I don't even want to know if I want to answer this question without really thinking about it. I, 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 I'm a bit conflicted because I don't want to say that new analysts shouldn't use this tool. You should, but don't let it be a replacement for how you should be thinking analytically, essentially. And new analysts are way more at risk than doing that than experienced analysts because experienced analysts have gone through the process of learning how to think well before being introduced to a tool like this, right? So um, I'll park it there. I mean, that's as far as I think I, I'm willing to go based on the knowledge that I have right now. But I think maybe if we speak again sometime in a, in a couple of weeks, I might have a better answer for that. So I, I have thought about it and I am a little bit conflicted about how to answer that question. That's an excellent question, by the way, Edward. Awesome, Edward. Uh, uh, so thanks for your question. And uh, you know what, Imam, maybe a couple of months down the line, let's get you back on the show. I think by then you have, you know, played around with it a bit more. And I'd love to have Absolutely. you back on. And I'm sure these folks would uh, uh, love to hear your thoughts a couple of months down the line as well. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Awesome. So, folks, that's that's a wrap for today. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, thank you, Imal, again, for, for, for joining in and sharing all your thoughts about this. And, uh, you know, I always learn so much, uh, you know, having you on the show and, and I always enjoy our conversation. So thanks again. Uh, enjoy the wonderful weather out there in Argentina. And uh, folks, uh, make sure you like and uh, share this uh, segment with everyone in your network. And of course, make sure you follow Imal on social media again for his fantastic content. Th thanks, everyone. Everyone have a wonderful remainder of the day and we'll see you around soon. Take care, everyone. Take care, everyone.